Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. And this afternoon, I'm delighted to be joined by Lawrence Conley and Liam Carrigan for All Things Celtic. One hour of Celtic chat. Thank you all for tuning in on the usual places. We're on YouTube, LinkedIn. We're on Twitch. We're on X. And not back on Facebook yet, but that will come back soon. And Instagram as well. I'm going to ask you guys about the weekend. Everything that's happened since then. The injury curse continues. The narrative is being set. Brennan Rogers has deployed the siege mentality, and I like it. And, of course, a wee look ahead to Wednesday night. Liam Carrigan, first of all, I'll get your thoughts on the weekend performance. Uh, a tale of two halves. Uh, but that's been yeah. the case for a lot of the season, hasn't it? Lawrence Conley, and ask you the same question. Uh, Lawrence, what was your thoughts at the weekend? Were you concerned? Was there a reason to be concerned at halftime? Nah, yeah, I don't think so. You, 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 you know the game's 90 minutes long. Plus a wee bit of injury time. You know, always time for a goal and injury time as well. Uh, you know, Motherwell, you know, they put up a decent performance. A wee bit disjointed in at half time, but Brendan, I think, you know, his subs paid off. With a couple of players coming back for injury, he seemed to manage well, although the news about Rocky's not good. No, you know, we'll, definitely come, we'll definitely come to that. And the options we have available there as well, Lawrence. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I, th- I thought Rocky done well. It was great to see Cameron Carter Vickers back. I think looked a lot more solid with him in the park. Uh, and you know, we'll need him for the running. We'll definitely need him for the running. We'll be needing uh, Rio Atati for the running um, as well when he April comes before back. he's ready. Yeah, I've heard that. But he should be yeah. back for the game. But whether or not you know, he's, he won't be match fit. But we'll certainly he'll make the bench if nothing else. Yep. Absolutely. I'm always reluctant to throw someone straight in there. But sometimes uh, players prove us wrong, Lawrence. They come straight back in, throwing them into the big game, and they perform well. Liam, uh, Lawrence is just talking about the, the weekend's performance. Obviously, um, we've been going on about Jekyll and Hyde all season. We're going to have to add that to the Claxton alert and stop using that terminology to describe Celtic. But um, I think we were enthused by the way we were able to, to bite back in that second half and um, we approached it completely differently. There was a good tempo. And of course, the substitutes made a big difference as well, Liam. Yeah. Um, I think that's the one thing we can draw from this is that the 
the impact of the substitutes was was good. Um, for for once, as much as I have been very critical of the manager recently, he got the substitutions right. Um, Carter Vickers came on. The defence was rock solid from then on out. Motherwell barely got a look in. Um, and generally, we were just we were so much more composed. Um, I thought that uh, Iwata had a really good game, and I hope he's going to get a run in the team now because there's no point bringing him in for one game than benching him again. Um, hopefully, he's there now for a few games to show us what he can do. Right. Well, you brought him up, Liam, and I think you and I have been waving the flag for Iwata for uh, the best part of the season. I think he's a player um, that's been pretty unlucky, I think, uh, Lawrence, to be fair. You know, before that game at the weekend, um, you know, when you look at the minutes I've, I've stated on here before, he had played 12 full games of football in 13 months. You know, he was in and out. He had been played in defence, played at right back. But I just I just felt that every time he played in that defensive, that kind of holding midfield role, Lawrence, he always looked very comfortable in there. And so it proved at the weekend. I thought it worked really well. Yeah, yeah listen, obviously shorter minutes and... I think Brendan was just managing managing only probably run his race by the time he went off, but didn't put a foot wrong. I think I've said a, a number of occasions, I think he could be the best midfielder at the club. He just needs that chance to, to build minutes up on the park. We've been struggling further forward in midfield, you know, so moving Callum forward certainly seemed to, to help that. So, yeah, you know, if it's a water, Callum and, and Matt O'Reilly in the midfield until the return of Rio, I'd be more than happy. Yeah, I mean, we have obviously tried um, the different permutations, Liam, fair enough. But the one guy that didn't seem to get a, a fair run, and when it looked as though he might after his goal against Hearts, obviously he picked up an injury and disappeared from view. But, I mean, you've been a long-time admirer of Tomoki Awata. You, you've seen him over in Japan. Um, and do you think, I mean, obviously we've yet to see how we're going to line up on Wednesday night. I think I would be surprised if Awata didn't uh, make the start in 11. But I've been surprised a few times this season by the start of loving Liam. Um, tell me, what do you think the future holds for a water? Where does he kick on from here? Can he kick on from here? Well, as I said, I think he's got the next few games, hopefully, to, to cement his place. Because I don't think there's any guarantee Bernardo's going to stick around for next season. I think it's, as much as I hate to say it, it's highly likely that Matt O'Reilly's going to be out the door. So there's two potential first-team berths available. Assuming Rio Hatati comes back fit and takes one of them, you'd think Awata would be a shoe-in for the other one, hopefully. Well, I mean, the, the point on Bernardo, for example, I think that uh, my my uh, opinion of him has changed quite dramatically from someone who didn't quite understand his role in the team. Uh, you know, Brendan Rodgers seemed to draft him in for the Champions League games and you know, at the, uh, you know, I mean, you know, he was disposing of players who had been playing for him, uh, players that he had started off with in the, the domestic campaign. So I think Brennan Rodgers seen him as the type of player who was very much suited to the Champions League um, type of game where the game's a wee bit more open. Uh, we're not playing up against the kind of packed defences that we do domestically. And then he went through that wee purple patch, uh, Lawrence, but it certainly seemed to be just that. And it's frustrating, I think, as a fan watching a guy who then gives you a kind of showcase of what they can do. I mean, he was brilliant against Rangers. You know, a lot of people thought he was the man of the match, scored a brilliant goal against them. Very important victory this season. And he was a huge part of that. But I just think since the break, he's he's kind of blown hot and cold. And then if someone like Awata was to come in, Lawrence, as Liam said there, put in a few 
top-class performances. And by the way, I thought his performance at the weekend was brilliant. Then it's his jersey to lose. Yeah, but listen, Bernard, I've said before, he's the, the Portuguese David Tumble. I just don't see what he brings to his at all as a squad that we didn't have uh, in Tumble. Six million quid, I think you're having a laugh. You know, the last time we spent six million quid on players was Jordan, Carmen, Carter Vickers, and he's miles away from there. And coupled with that, I think Iwata's a, a much superior player to him. And even, you know, Callum further forward is, is superior to him. I just can't see him staying. Uh, he had four good games round about the Rangers game, yeah. You know, four good games does not a season make. And it doesn't make me want to part with six million for him. I don't think Celtic will part for six million uh, based on those four games. Especially if uh, Awata comes in and delivers the performances we know he can. I think he's just been really unlucky with injury. And perhaps a reluctance to push Callum further forward, you know, because he's, he's having to, you know, compete for that number six shot. But for me, you know, Liam's touched on it. Who's going to be here next season? Matt will probably be up, be off. Hopefully, Rio's back to fitness. A lot will be here. Callum, Rio, you know, you, you need to start planning for that. You know, when you're talking there about uh, Bernardo, I think what we were saying at that time, uh, Lawrence, because we've seen it so many times as Celtic fans. You know, people going through that we. That we spell are looking uh, very good, very handy and useful and, and pivotal to the squad and the success that you have. But the point we were making at the time is you need to do that for the entirety of the second half of the season before we would consider that kind of um, uh, transfer fee. And, and by the way, I don't mind bringing a player in on loan for a, a year if it results in a £6 million transfer because it, you know the try before you buy is, is brilliant. It's worked really well for us with Jota. It's worked well for us with CCV. I think that because we've had our our fingers burnt a wee bit uh, with the, the, the big transfer fees, obviously, a Yeti and, and Barcastle, and we're a wee bit more cautious. I'm okay with that if you bring them in for a, a year. Uh, but Bernardo had to do that for the entirety of the second half of the season, and he's not. He's fallen off the radar. I mean, Odin Thiago home, um, the last I heard from Brendan Rodgers was that he had a bit of illness. I've not heard about uh, an injury that he's maybe picked up, but uh, we'll get to injuries in a moment because there's a lot of them kicking about mm. in the Celtic squad. David Turnbull, of course, now plying his trade on the bench for Cardiff City. Um, and then, of course, you're left with the Manawata, uh, Japanese J, J1 League's MVP when we signed him, Liam. And I, I think um, there was a, a conversation you and I had just the other week there, whereby I'm not saying, you know, the, the Japanese influx had turned sour, but Kyogo wasn't firing. Maeda looked unhappy. Um, Awata wasn't getting a look in. Of course, Idiguchi was already away uh, back to Japan and Kobayashi looks as though he's going to be following him. And I think the timing's good. Just that wee reminder, Liam, um, and obviously Hatata's got a bit of a medium-term injury. Just that wee reminder, just how successful the Japanese imports have actually been over the last two and a half seasons. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Japanese players are basically the core of our team. Um, and if they are not performing for whatever reason... Celtic don't perform. Um, you know, we can afford to have one player having a bad game. But if you have, like, Kyogo, Maeda, both not performing, Hatati out injured, <laughs> there's <laughs> most of your attacking force out the window. You know, that that's, that's a problem. Um, so, yeah, I think it's very important that we remember just how, how crucial these these this core element of players from, from, from Asia are. Because I would include Yang and O. Oh, as well, both having important contributions to make. I think just to go back to what you said about Bernardo a minute ago, right? If you look at Yang at the weekend when he came on, yeah. there's a boy that's hungry, a boy that wants to show, do you know what? 
I'm not a guaranteed starter here, but I should be, and I'm going to show you why. Mm-hmm. He went he went out that second half and just bossed it, right? Uh, Bernardo came on and was very wishy-washy, was very kind of ineffective, and I just felt like one of these guys is hungry and wants to play for Celtic. The other one is just going through the motions, I think. Um, I'm going to bring in as many comments as possible. I, I think you've seen that pretty clearly. Yang, again, you're looking at the fact that he's been developing for six months, Liam, and I think I'm going to bring that into the equation when we get round to talking about uh, Nicholas Kuhn, Jim Orr's buddy, Nico, Nick, because he has been written off. I mean, I've not seen anybody in support of Kuhn on the social media or indeed on the comment section. Uh, but again, I tread pretty carefully with writing players off so soon because... You know, Yang, I thought when Yang came in, he looked miles off it. Initially, I, I did. And and there were certain games where I was looking at him thinking, he's not got the fight, he's not got the, the metal for this Liam. But contrary to that belief, you look at him at, at Fur Park in the earlier fixture compared to his performance there at the weekend, night and day. He's developed. He's had a wee bit of time to develop. He's gone over, obviously, to the Asian Cup. And um, I'm, I'm pretty sure brimming with confidence coming back. A wee point to prove. But the way that he approached that, was uh, night and day compared to Kuhn in the first half. And, and he, is, yeah. he is struggling, I think. But, as I say, just a wee note of caution, I think Yang has struggled in his early part of his Celtic career. And I'm not saying he's come through it, because one substitute appearance, as Lauren said, doesn't make your season. But it's a reminder that you know it does take players time to settle, Lawrence. And we're very keen, especially when things aren't going the way we want them to go, just to say, all right, there's another £3 million winger. In the trash can, add them to the 56 million wasted. Um, what's your take on that? Because he does at the moment look pretty out his depth, like the jersey is weighing quite heavy on his shoulders, Lawrence. I'm talking about Kuhn, of course. Yeah, yeah, mate, honestly, it looks like he's one and a half to be there. I've never seen him try to test the fullback for speed. You know, you're thinking if you're a winger, you need to know if you've got legs in the fullback or not. I've never seen him test that in any of the games he's played. He seems reluctant to try, try and beat him on the outside. I'm not too sure why. Look at, you know, the early ball in uh, for Greg Taylor from the outside and, geez, what a header by either. No problem. You, you, you know, it's simple football. Get the ball in. Beat your man. Get the ball in. And either, mate, what a revelation, eh? No, not just top choice striker, court's favourite son of the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Class, two class goals. You know, wow. it can't be far away where he'll uh, be claiming that number nine shot for himself if he keeps his performances up. Well, again, I, I look at the, the reaction uh, online and we were talking yesterday about, um, we're jumping around the team, but that's fine. Uh, Ida, yesterday, Liam, um, the fact that he's, he's scored or created a goal every 58 minutes on the park. And I think the circumstances around his transfer uh, were what Celtic fans were frustrated with, not the individual player. I mean, we had heard all kind of season that Brennan Rodgers fancied Mijofsky. We had read reports that he'd been having him scouted. And then he just seemed to come out of nowhere. And and also the fact that it was a short-term loan deal. So that whole short-term as well. I don't mind loan deals if there's a point to them at the end of the deal. But it was that short-termism that we've seen actually in, in Brendan's final season, first time round, where he brought in the loan guys, almost just to get us over the line. And as, as uh, Lauren said, it, at that point, it was a third-choice Norwich striker, Sidney Van Hooydonk, of course, uh, a well-known name around uh, Celtic circles, joined Norwich and we've gone with Ida. But I'll tell you something, again, going back to your earlier point, Liam, 
he looks like a, a boy with a, um, can I call him a boy? Sorry, aye, I can. He looks like a boy with a point to prove. Um, he looks like there's an urgency about him. And uh, I'll tell you something like Warren said there, if he continues in this vein of form, he becomes undroppable for me, Liam. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that's the... Um, <clears throat> he's really, like you say, he came in and I wouldn't say the fans were hostile, but they weren't particularly infused about him. Um, you know, and I count myself among that. But he's come in, he's scored goals, important goals. Um, and I liked the, the variety as well, because you think about it, he scored two penalties. Then, at the weekend there, very powerful, I would say quite Jack Amakis-like header. But then his the, the run that he made and his touch for that first-time finish with it for the second goal was quite, almost reminiscent of Kyogo. Um, so he's got the power and the, the kind of bulk. He's also got the, the footwork and the skill as well. And he can take a penalty, which is something we've been lacking for quite a while. It's a good point. I think... Um... The aerial aspect, I was uh, reminded yesterday because his whims the last time you saw that, and somebody said, "I will last week, mate, Kyogo." <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but it was the it was the style of ball that came in from Greg Taylor, um, and obviously we I think we've been playing that type of cross, particularly Palmer and Yang actually um, earlier on the season into the bo- box, and it was just like a waste of the ball. You're basically just giving possession back to the opposition, but. He pulled that out in nowhere. And uh, obviously, Liam has likened it to the old Jack Amakis. It's, it's not about playing long ball. That was a that was a Posh McKinley-esque ball in from Greg Taylor, Lawrence, one of your buddies. Yes. But it's great to have a bit of aerial prowess. And as, as Liam said, a bit of you know, diversity to his game. The way that he cut across the defender to get in, in front of the defender for Johnston's cross, superb. The, the, the nerves of steel that he strode for the two penalties we have been lacking that. As simple as scoring penalty sounds, we've missed more than we've scored. So I, I just think he looks as though he's got a bag of tricks. And I don't mean in terms of the creativity and the flair. And uh, Brendan Rodgers, I hope, can tap into them from now to the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, when he signed, you know, there was no kind of welcome committee a la Robbie Keane, you know. But, uh, you know, everyone says, well, support him, but who is he? You know, and we, we kind of had a look and said, well, he's maybe a guy that suits Brendan's style of football because we'd be, you know, you know, what is it with Kyogo this season? He's not been in form. He has scored big goals, but not at the rate we would expect is at the wingers. Who knows? I had a, man, that was like Chris Sutton in his heyday. That header, you know what I mean? He was just like, he's picked that out. And it, it will give the opposition something to worry about because we've not been really able to challenge or, or somebody that's big and strong that's going to get up and, you know, command the opposition's box and win the headers. So, yeah, he's looked great for us so far. Uh, the only worry is we don't have an option to sign him. You know, I think his value's going up week by week, isn't it? Uh, based on his performances. It's good that Greg's back in the team, you know. Another assist for, for Greg Taylor. So, yeah, it's no coincidence, you know, you've got AJ, Cameron Cattavickers, Greg Taylor, second half, and, you know, things are starting to look a bit more solid at the back. Uh, and then they get another injury. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about. Yeah, I said, okay. I thought okay, did a good game, and I, I didn't realise it was coming off for injury because I thought maybe this is Brendan managing him. You know, he's got players uh-huh. that haven't played a lot of minutes, so he a lot off before the game was out. You know, I hadn't put foot wrong, but he didn't have a lot of minutes. Well, Cam Vickers get, get introduced again, coming back for injury, but I've not heard how long Rocky's out for. Uh, 
I've not read it in the paper. People have uh, told me the Daily Record's report on it, but so I, I, I don't know, mate. Yeah, you know, he doesn't seem to have much luck, does Rocky? Does he? No, the, the confirmation really was that he's out on Wednesday night. Um, and I think, obviously, either today or tomorrow, whenever the press conference is, it's one of the questions that uh, Brendan will undoubtedly be asked. And we'll be talking about the siege mentality in just a moment. Um, because, obviously, there, there is uh, something uh, annoying Brendan Rodgers at the moment in terms of a narrative. And a narrative that, uh, reading between the lines, is that uh, there's issues behind the scenes at Celtic Park. Um, there is uh, disharmony amongst the squad. This is the type of narrative that he's talking about. And interestingly enough, Liam, and you know how the game works uh, up here with regards to the, the, the media and um, even now the clickbait nature of, of that. Um, and what's happened is the narrative has continued since Brendan Rodgers was asked those questions after the game. Um, and you just have to look at it now. You know, he's been called a dinosaur on mainstream media. And um, to be honest with you, it was one of the ones that when I heard it, I think that I've heard all the different views on how Brendan uh, approached that. I watched it because I'd only heard the audio initially, but I was watching the interview this morning with Jane Lewis and um, storming a teacup for me, Liam. Well, there's right. Before anybody in the comments reacts, I would say, please allow me to say my full piece here, right? Because I've got a few different conflicting views on this. First of all, when I watched it, if you, my initial reaction was, if somebody speaks to my wife like that, it's belt in the mouth material. I thought it was out of order, right? I thought it was unnecessary, uncalled for, condescending, ridiculous, right? But, but here's the thing. Offense is about your perspective, right? I thought it was offensive, but I'm not Jane Lewis. To the best of my knowledge, she has not said that she was upset about it. She just took it on the chin like a professional journalist should. And she's like, okay, he's having a bad day. Fine, I'll leave it there. And she has not done anything to make any issue of this. It's been the BBC mostly that have been driving it. And now you've got the likes of GB News jumping on it and all. And I'm like, um, what, you know, First of all, I will take no lectures on how to treat women from the BBC, an institution that for decades actively enabled Britain's most notorious sex offender. So let's not even go there, right? Um, GB News, they're all about, oh, we're getting cancelled. Stop cancel culture. Now they're trying to cancel Brendan Rodgers. It's, they're all about, oh, freedom of speech until somebody says something they choose to take offence to. And again, I go back to my core point. It's all about who is the offended party. The only person who has any right to actually be upset about this is Jane Lewis. And as far as I can tell, she isn't. So that's it. End of story as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And um, you wonder, Lawrence, because obviously they love these things to roll on. They love the initial uh, interest in it. And then obviously they get all the clicks and they, they make all their ad revenue from that. And then there's the after story. Then there's the next interview with Brendan, the next pre, you know, presser. Brendan Rodgers now is concentrating on a game against Dundee at Celtic Park where we're trying to build some kind of momentum following the second half performance against Motherwell. The last thing he wants to do is, is field questions about this. But, you know, it's inevitable. Um, this takes us on to the siege mentality, uh, Lawrence. I know that 
that you talk about, you know, a, a workplace, the harmony, the state of mind, the mentality, the culture to try and get results in any walk of life. Siege mentality works for me in this scenario where we are uh, as a football club, Lawrence, I think also to try and get some of these guys who I'm going to call them fringe in terms of fringe Celtic players new to the club. You know, they've, they've not come through the ranks. They don't know what it means to play for a club that has to win every single game. And even when you win, you need to win well. Or you might get booed against Ross County, uh, Alistair Johnson. But um, the siege mentality, what do you make of it, Lawrence? Do you think it's, a, it's something? And by the way, I don't think that you sit down and you make the decision. Right, today, I think the best way to, to deal and combat this is with a siege mentality. It just happens naturally, doesn't it? Yeah, well, you know, if the, the media in Scotland's relentlessly biased against you and looks for the bad and everything, it's kind of easy to feel under siege, isn't it? Listen, to be honest, if she's offended, so what? You know, I'm offended by the loads of things in the BBC. Employing EBT tax cheats, couldn't pay their taxes, but they'll take uh, wages from taxpayers. I find that morally offensive. You watch the Scottish football, it's, it's like the Rangers news. If they've not had an EBT, Jesus, they wouldn't have got on. It's, I think find that more offensive, but that's allowed. You know, if she's offended, so what? No, he said, good girl, it's not the end of the world. You, you know... The amount of questions and garbage he gets asks. How many times? How many times did he say no during that yeah. very very short clip, Lawrence? Yeah, a dozen. Yeah, but, yeah. And, and you're looking good. I'm pretty sure he, he's had a, a number of offensive questions asked him by the press, mm-hmm. but that's okay, then. Yeah, mate. Storm a teacup that doesn't even come in, mate. It's absolute nothing story. It's just listen. Here's an opportunity to write something bad about Celtic. Liam said, like. Jane Lewis hasn't come out and said she's offended, even if she did. So what? <laughs> so what? You, you know, you, you've got you've got freedom of speech. He's not breaking any laws. You know, I really think it's nothing, mate. It's just another opportunity for the for the press to try and put the boot in. Not just the press, Lawrence. Instantly, people are 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 on it. They're on the socials. They're going on. They're calling them out. People who have a profile within Scottish football, and I'm looking at them going. You know, people who normally seem quite reserved and, and balanced, and they're just jumping on it because I think there's now this fear where if you don't jump on it, it means that you're part of the problem with regards to diversity issues within society. Oh, and it, you, you know, see that microaggression stuff. Yeah, stuff like that. Mate. It, it, it's an industry that's manufacturing terms to keep them employed. You know, to, to a large extent, because see, when you you, you know you. We've obviously got equal opportunities, although certain football clubs were allowed not to practice that uh, without the re- rebuke from the, the governing bodies. You know, only applied to some people, equal opportunities, which is a bit weird. But they're coming out of oh, microaggression. You're actually trying to keep your, yourself in a job here. You've got organisations coming out you've never heard of. They want to attach yourself and, and raise their profile. Jog on. You know, next game, three points, please. Yep. Exactly. Um, I'm keen to get your thoughts. We're going to run through the team with regards to one eye on the fixture against Dundee tomorrow night. And of course, we've got a tough game coming up after that as well. We'll get to that later in the week. Jonathan Brown, nice avatar of Kyogo Furuhashi scoring one of the most important goals of the season. Let's not forget, he did twice against Rangers and twice in the Champions League. Hail, hail. Let's get this right. Lad Nudno, North Wales. Is that right, Lawrence? Landudno. Van Dudno, there you Long go. Long from starting. Yeah, North Wales, mate. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't miles off there. Jonathan, thank you for tuning in. Let us know where you're watching. What are you, Jonathan? Are you speaking Welsh now? 
Let's not translate what you were saying. Jungle Lion, let's stick together and see where we end up. Jungle Lion, I think what you're talking about there is a siege mentality sticking together. We talked about Holy Trinity, uh, which is something Brendan spoke about in his first uh, tenure at Celtic Park. Yes, we will be getting to Liam Carrigan's jersey that he's wearing as well. Stephen McGonagall, Yang to start tomorrow night. How good it would be for him if he turned it on in the home game. Yes, and from the start, Liam, I sometimes get concerns about players being impact players. They seem to come on in a game where maybe the defence is tired and they're able to turn it on. You give them a start the following week and they can't. Syed Haksabanovic was the world's worst at that, wasn't he? And I hope yeah. that Yang isn't in that category. If he gets a start tomorrow night, he needs to really grab it. Yeah, but going by the, on the same token, I would say if he gets a start tomorrow night and doesn't you know, come out all guns blazing... Let's give him a. As I said before, we should give Iwata four or five games to show what he can do. I'm inclined to say the same thing about Yang because Kuhn has had a few games now and he hasn't really shown anything. I think give Yang that chance and let's see what he can do. Um, I hope he's going to come out tomorrow and just show us shows the same thing as he showed in the second half the other day. But I think don't don't be too upset if he doesn't do it because he is he is a young player. He's still bedding in. He needs time to kind of get up to. Is he a Celtic class player yet? Jury's still out on that, but he's shown in flashes that he certainly could be. Yeah, and I agree with that. That's more than we've seen from Kuhn so far. But I do agree it's too early to write him off. But at the same time, if you've had a few games you're not performing, get someone else in and let them have a chance. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Keith Oakton, hello all from Plymouth. Uh, I'm guessing it's no sunny, Keith, because you normally remind us if it's sunny Plymouth. Hail, hail to you as well. We've also, I'm going to open this one up. This is Michael McDonald. We're all about bringing in a full range of opinions when it comes to Celtic. That's what it's all about. Michael McDonald, is Rogers away to Dubai yet? Your headline should be, who's his replacement? And um, there's been a lot of talk about Rogers out. Um, and again, People have said the only reason I'm not talking like that is because I um, I'm going to die on a hill for Brendan Rodgers because I wanted him back. Not at all. If if there's signs there that there's no way we're going to turn this around uh, the two point deficit um, and we're out of the the league race, I would also be saying the same, Michael. But I think the difference between now and the last time we didn't win the league, Lawrence, is that there are signs. This is a frustrating thing. We keep getting thrown a bone by this team. And then they, they give us a performance like the one against Kelly or the one against Hibbs first time round at Easter Roads or the two defeats against Kilmarnock and Hearts back to back. And that's been the frustration this season because we have seen signs that when we get it together and it clicks, we can beat every team in this league. Yeah, without doubt. Like you, you, You're not questioning the heart of this team, you know, after performances like against Mullow that second half. You, you know, it's... I, th- I think Brendan's been really unlucky with injury. I think everybody would acknowledge he's not been back to the extent he should have done in the transfer market. Uh, I think the chairman alluded to it was really hard to spend. We tried. Well, I think that was, was a, It was really a hard to spend. <laughs> yep. It's hard to spend it. No one would take our money. But you're the one. Maybe not when you offer under £3 million for Miofsky. They won't take it. 
<laughs> you know, there's no surprise, shock there. Surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Brendan's, uh, he's not had, had the easiest hand saying that, you know, he's he's still got the best squad in Scotland. The, the problem is getting his best team in the park. You know, Cameron Catholic is absolutely huge miss for us. I think if you, you ran through, you know, all season he's probably been missing six or seven starters from Angie's team. You know, and it shows massive downgrade in quality in the players that come in from the, the ones that went out. There's also the, you know, the adjustment time the new players coming in. You know, you've talked that Yang's starting to show he's a, he's a bit better. It's been a while, you know, and we, we talked about it on the previous show, but the time a lot of these guys have settled down, we're out of Europe. You know, it, 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 because they're not bringing in the quality to begin with. Uh, so... Yeah, it's not been easy for him. We went out to Kelly, you know, the, the League Cup. No VAR check on, on, on what seemed a pretty obvious penalty in the last minute. So, you know, we're hanging in in the league. But we're happy uh, Rangers twice. He's very proud of his record against them. Uh, you know, we need to win our games in, uh, until we go to Ibrox and look to win there too. Yeah, I think any time there's been a winner of the, the New Year's Old firm game, or you know, even the more recent New Year's Glasgow Derby, the winner since the eighties. Whoever's won that has went on to, to win the league. So it'd be really unusual for us not to win the league based on that. Uh, do we have it in us to, to win it? I think we're beating Rangers comprehensively any time we've played them. It's not them we struggle against. It's, it's teams that sit in. Hopefully, you know, with the players we've got coming back, pushing Callum further forward and. Jeez, either they, you know, no one expected this goal to turn from them. Yeah. Hopefully, we, we we can kick on. Yeah, do you know the players are I'm going there in for a fight now. It's Callum's come and said some of them don't get it. Well, hopefully, you know they're going to get cast by the wayside and we get players in the, the team that do get it that's willing to fight. We were talking about that uh, during the week and at the end of last week, Liam. Uh, sometimes you go right back to the basics when it comes down to it, and if there are a group of players that don't get it. Uh, and don't have that mentality where they roll the sleeves up and, and just uh, get stuck in and get the job done. Hartley and Robson-esque, I think, has mm-hmm. been uh, the season that we were looking at in that respect. You know, we, we have come a long, long way when it comes to modern football, data, science, the, the technology that's used. But but if you have no heart, Liam, if you have no heart, you can throw all of that out the window. It means nothing without having that desire and that passion to win a game of football. And I think that when you bring in the amount of players we brought in this season, some of them are not going to be up to scratch. Yeah. Um, the, the frustrating thing is that if we had... Forget about improving. If we had just maintained what we had last season in terms of performances, obviously we're going to take a different style with a different manager. But if we had just maintained that level, um, this wouldn't even be a contest this league because this Rangers team is not a good Rangers team. They're getting good results, right? But I do not believe that they are that great a team. They will be one of the most bang average teams to ever win a league if they do. Um, But we have created this position for ourselves. Like you say, it's on the players and the manager now to get us out of it. Um, Unfortunately, I think we could be looking at another rebuild next season because I think whatever happens, the manager's off in the summer because I think not getting the backing he wanted in January is going to seal the deal there. And also, I think he'll be aware that a lot of the fan base are not on board with his managerial style as it is now. There is a kind of feeling that it hasn't really evolved since the last time. So, I don't. I, I think Brendan Rodgers is away at the end of the season one way or another. 
um, because I don't think just winning the league will be enough to satisfy him. I think he'll want more, and I don't think this board are going to give it to him. It's an interesting um, time, I think, this 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 preseason because I reckon there will be quite a lot of change within the club. There's there's talk of a a boardroom um, freshening up. We'll see if that happens. I'm also very interested to hear what's going to happen with the recruitment team, the head of recruitment. There's there's been uh, absolutely nothing said, radio silence in relation to that, and how we're going to actually uh, use that strategy moving forward, and how that's going to work with the. Uh, football manager uh, who's at the football club as well. But I think I'll go back to Lawrence's point about him not being backed uh, properly. I totally agree with that. And I think that coming out with the excuses that, that Peter Lowell came out with, nobody's buying it. <clears throat> nobody's buying it. And, um, you know, banging on about being uh, cash rich constantly. Right, show us how to use it. Go out and actually buy the players that we need uh, to get over the line and win this league title and um, unlock the, the riches of the Champions League next season. And if you fail to do that, then there needs to be change in the boardroom. There needs to be change in the recruitment team. Whether or not there's change uh, the head of the football side, then you know that remains to be seen. But I think I think there'll be a coming together, certainly, at the end of the season, Liam. And uh, Brennan Rodgers doesn't look as though he's been happy uh, for the, the best part of his second tenure here. Alan Robertson, Tosh and Big Pierre. I know the goal you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Airdrie, 1995. Absolutely rotten game. But whenever anybody asks me about my favourite uh, Celtic memories, it's always up there. Scottish Cup final, 95. It was just that moment. Finally getting a trophy. Uh, we had waited since 1989 for that, Lawrence. I mean, I was up at Celtic Park on Monday doing a wander around paradise uh, and speaking to wee Jamie Tierney's dad at the benches. I heard a a call from behind us walking out of the old uh, school car park. And I won't say what it was that was shouted over, but when I turned around, it was wee Joe Miller who scored the winning goal in the 1989 Scottish Cup final against Rangers. Uh, All tongue-in-cheek, I hope. But there you go. Um, Plenty to discuss. There's been a bit of chat around three Celtic players who could be leaving the club. Uh, one on loan, two penalty. The first one is Benjamin Segrist. He has come in as a backup goalkeeper to Joe Hart and played two League Cup games. That's it. Uh, hardly value for money, even when he was free. And then you've got Quan, who is wanted uh, by St Mirren on an extended loan deal. He seems to be tearing it up uh, in Paisley. And finally, and probably the, the biggest talking point, Abada has got interest from Yakimakis' team uh, over in the States as well. Liam, what do you make of these potential moves? Uh, I think Quan, yeah, development move, go and play football. Uh, Benjamin Segrist, you're never going to be a Celtic goalkeeper. Aberdeen's apparently interested. And Abada, yeah, you know, like we just kind of close the chapter on that one if Abada goes and, and plays for alongside Yakimakis. Of course, I'm guessing that market is still open, isn't it? That could still happen. Yeah, um, I think um, it's, you know, it's unfortunate the way it's happening, but I think that move would be best for all parties concerned. Um, Abada needs to get playing football, and for a variety of reasons, he's not happy where he is just now. And a lot, you know, I read a lot of chat, people saying, oh, look, if he's not happy, just get rid of him, whatever. And it's it's not as simple as that. Look, you've got to remember that people are the product of their upbringing. Abada was raised as an Israeli, right? His view on what is going on over there is going to be radically different from our view, simply because of how he grew up and how he was raised. That's not his fault. 
and he's not necessarily wrong for thinking that. And when he sees, from his perspective, when he sees a lot of our fans, I think rightly supporting Palestine, he is going to look at that and think, why are they cheering for those people that are shooting at my friends? And it's not a good place to be in. I can totally get that. And I really feel for the guy. But it's best for everybody, I think, if we just get him transferred out. And he can go and be a great footballer somewhere else and be successful. And hopefully in time, once everything in, in, in Gaza calms down, he can maybe look back on his Celtic time fondly and see it as a time when he developed as a player. And he's, you know, hopefully he'll move forward and we'll move forward. Um, just on that point, actually, Liam, I said we we're going to be talking about your jersey. What is the story behind that jersey you're wearing today? I know you like a football shirt. Yep, this is uh, Deportivo Palestino. They are a Chilean league team who were founded by Pal- by the Palestinian diaspora in South America. Um, they have a historic link to Palestine, obviously, through their founders. They continue to support Palestinian charities to this day. Their fans are very similar to our own fans in the sense that they're very active in their support and defense of the Palestinian people. And uh, if you look online, I think recently they actually brought out a green and white hooped jersey, um, as they said, in a tribute to the, uh, the the Celtic supporters for their contributions to the helping Palestine. So a good club with good intentions and a very... Um, very Decent looking strip as well, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think you were saying it's got Cork City vibes, Lawrence, when we first yeah. came on. Yeah, I thought that was what yeah, maybe it was a Cork City one that I hadn't seen. But yeah, mate, on the three players, Celebada. Like, well, actually, beginning of the season, Brendan had to persuade him to stay. You know, mm. uh, remember he, he was making noises about wanting to move out. Move him out. Seagless, I got we had him, mate. I don't know, what's he picking up? 14 grand a week or something for doing nothing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, m- m- move him out, mate. He-, he was nearly away in the summer, wasn't he? Uh, and Quan, I said, I wouldn't agree anything until the end of the season. See how he does. See if it is worth bringing him back because he's getting great write-ups in midfield. As is uh, Boston Wall down south. Yeah, apparently he's been converted back to a midfielder, which he was before he came to us, and we tried him at centre half. Uh, so yeah, make no decision on Quan until uh, we-, we see what kind of squad. I mean, I hope Brendan hears it. Next season, because uh, Brendan's here next season will mean two things. One, we've won the league, and two, there's been a change in the recruitment strategy, and we've decided to back the manager right, to a, a level, point. you know, of not punts anymore. What are two million pound punts? We'll be backing with proper quality players in. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think you know if, if we if you saw Brendan Rogers getting, I don't know, we'd easily be about four four players of six million quid range into that team. I think Matt will go. You know, you'll probably get about 20 million for Matt. Jeez, oh, the board will be excited. You know, four players for six million, 20 million for Matt. We've only had to spend four million. That, that'll get you in the discussion, I think, Lawrence. I think 20 million would get you into the room. Um, yeah. We'll get more than that from. But I, listen, I don't even want to think about that. I, I know a lot of people have been saying that Matt O'Reilly is going off the boil. I am going to stand up for Matt O'Reilly and say that he has been ground, uh, I think, into the into the turf this season. He's played virtually every single minute. And because of where we are and because of how tight it is, we can't even kind of rest them. You know, we can't do that thing where 
you just sit him on the bench for a game or two and you bring somebody else in because he's so key to us winning every single game. Um, Rodgers is going nowhere for three years. Uh, Mickey Boyates is pretty confident there and uh, he's also told us, obviously, that he's gone nowhere unless he's emptied. Remember that one? Um, Mickey Boy, I, I tend to like Lawrence's outlook on this one. Um, if he's here, it means we've won the league and also we've sorted out the issues with the recruitment. Hail, hail all the players and fans certainly all need to come together for the running, even if some like me don't back Rogers. League title is all that matters for now. Everything else can be dealt with afterwards. And I think that's why we're not delving so much into the boardroom and also uh, the recruitment situation at the moment because we are focusing on basically, right, that's Motherwell put to bed. Who's up next? Dundee, let's concentrate on that who gets picked, who starts, who's on the bench, etc. And that is not because uh, we're fair weather in that regard and we only moan when everybody else is moaning. It's just that um, I think it is more of a medium to long-term discussion. Jonathan Brown, uh, we need a 90-minute performance tomorrow night. We need a positive momentum shift. Liam, what is it about this team that can look so horrendous in the first half and then so much better in the second half? Well, I think it's constant change of personnel Mm-hmm. Some brought about by injuries, some brought about by managerial indecision. Um, and I think that we don't have a settled 11. We haven't had one for months. Um, having Carter Vickers back, I think, is a big, big plus. I think he is, certainly this season, He when he's played, he's been our most consistent player. Um, you know, I, I don't recall him having a bad game when he's played. So I think having him there just stabilises the whole spine of the team and we can kick on from there. But I really hope that we can, whatever whatever team we pick tomorrow night, I hope we stick with it for four or five games. You know, 11 games left, win 10 and draw one, we win the league. That's the simple maths of it. We don't even need to win all the games left and we can still win the league. This is very doable if we can just get it together. Yeah. I like that that kind of way of thinking, uh, Leon, because Brennan Rodgers, after the game, was talking about four points being nothing. I disagreed with that, I've got to say. I, I think four points is, is huge at this stage of the season. Liam, uh, Lawrence is smiling there. I'm going to ask you, Lawrence, because you and I disagree on many things Celtic-related. Um, uh, Centre-half, we're talking about we're talking about bringing Navroski in, playing him alongside Carter Vickers, and then he pulls up with another injury. I mean, at that stage then, because Stephen Welsh wasn't on the bench at the weekend, uh, obviously also injured. If that's the case, going into the game tomorrow night, and you're without Welsh and Novroski, Brennan Rogers is going to have to go and speak to Gustav Lagerbjelk, um, the, the, the lesser bench. seen, the lesser seen Lagerbjelk, and put him on the bench. And this is a guy that uh, basically has been told, I don't want you, I don't rate you. And he had one foot out the door, he was on his way to Italy. Uh, in January. This is the thing that I think is a bit of a concern because a player's mindset isn't a, you know, it's not a light switch, is it? You can't just say, all right, I'm going to buy into this manager who clearly doesn't want me here. Yeah, I mean, perhaps it's proven he was right to keep him because it, it turns out we've needed that number of centre-halves yet again because of injury. How he would get a performance out and if he's got to bring him off the bench, it, it's something different. But, but then again, like a bell, because he, he's got to be a bit of a realist and say, well, I'll only get a decent move if I perform well. So, yeah, playing football is his job and he gets paid quite handsomely by Celtic. Yeah, the manager doesn't fancy him. Big Johan said, you know, he's a decent player but shouldn't be at Celtic. 
if he gets his chance, I'm sure he'll take it. Look at that, that goal to the Champions League. So he's got to be, dare I say, professional about it. You'd expect that the player to be professional and put in a shift if he has to come off the bench. Yeah, yeah, it, it'll, it'll be a difficult for Brendan to motivate him, but hopefully he will. Liam Scales, yet again, is going to keep the jersey, isn't he? You know, most improved player at the club. Yeah, and it's it's, it's just bizarre. You're thinking he was £50,000 away if you're going to Aberdeen mm. at the beginning of the season. And he, he's mainstay of the team. It's perhaps, you, you know, I can't remember the time, last time a really settled defence. And it's reflected on a, you know, you need a strong base, strong foundation for your team. Yeah. And we've just not had that, you know, for a whole season. Uh, and, and it has been, you know, horrendous with injuries, one thing or another. Whether it could have been back better. I mean, we've seen Laga Bielka, it does look a wee bit slow. He's been terrible, when I said so. But, you know, he's, he's not putting a performance at the level Liam Scales has put in, you know. And I wouldn't even say he's looked as good as Stephen Welsh. So you could see why perhaps the manager doesn't want I've already got two players here that, yeah, are better than you. You know, and that, that's two players that Ange had decided weren't good enough for Celtic. You know, so, yeah, Laga Bielka, you, you, you know, I think he'll, he'll definitely leave in the summer. Uh, who we bring in? Hopefully Carmen Carter-Vickers can stay fit for the rest of the season and put his injury worries behind him. Rocky, you know, it's just what's going on with the boy. It just... Can't seem to catch a break, much like Stephen Welsh. <laughs> we think, oh, Welsh looks okay. She's injured again, injured again. Uh, yeah, I don't know what we're doing in training or what, or what it is, but there seems to be a real curse of injuries to, to our defenders just now. So, yeah, I mean, for, for the defence, you know, Johnston, Carter Vickers, Scales and Taylor. For tomorrow night, Hart and Goals, uh, I think if we, it looks like we're going to have to stick with that defence to the end of the season. Yeah, it does look like that. I, I think we're getting kind of Jozo Simunovic vibes, Liam, when it comes to Big Navroski, a guy who obviously has got attributes that you think, you know, if he was to play 30, 40 games, you could maybe see the best of them. But the likelihood of him doing it seems quite slim, um, pulling up with another injury. I'm going to answer the question, though, talking about Lagerbjelk and having to maybe turn to him, even, albeit, Liam, for the bench uh, mm. tomorrow night. Do you think Brendan Rodgers made an error? the way that he's gone about this in terms of uh, almost isolating some players who have been brought to the club, almost washing them, his hands off some of the signings, talking, constantly talking about quality um, and obviously making decisions like dropping a player after he scored a winner in a Champions League game. Was it an error? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at, take, take our defence as the example, through his words and his actions, the manager has managed to alienate Lagerbielke and Kobayashi who, as far away as we think they both are from being starters, they are both still Celtic players, they're both central defenders, and they are both players we might have to call on if we get any more injuries. Um, I wouldn't want to pitch either of them in just now because they're, physically they're probably not going to be there because of lack of match sharpness, and mentally yeah. they're not going to be there because they know the manager doesn't rate them and he's only playing them under sufferance. Um I do think, like, you know, I go back and forth with Brendan Rodgers, but I do think that some of the things he said this season, and I'm not talking about, you know, the, the thing earlier, I'm talking about, like, the way he talks about the players. He said some pretty inappropriate things, I think, in terms of, like, talking about individual players' abilities and, you know, whether they should be playing or not. And I think it's just, 
if a player has a good game, praise them. If a player has a bad game, you need to you need to pick them up. You don't need to kick them when they're down. No, I know, and it, it's done behind closed doors, isn't it? And I think that players that are just constantly not available for me, um, a man, it's a manager's nightmare. And I, I remember speaking to Chalky about this, Lawrence, where he basically said that very, very quickly he realised that was one of uh, Alex Ferguson's rules. If you're not available, if it's a conditioning issue. If it's a lack of fitness because you're not looking after yourself off the park, you'll not be in my team. And you know, it showed throughout his his tenure at Manchester United for throughout that whole time. The guys that played a lot of games were the, the go-to players. If you're going to be a bit part player because the injury, uh, lack of application, not looking after yourself physically, you can't really be at a club like Celtic. We've had so many of them in the past, Lawrence, and I'm getting a bit concerned about Navroski in particular. You know, breaking down, but it's happened this season with Carter Vickers, it's happened this season with Rio Atati. People start asking questions about the regime if it continues to happen to our players. Yeah, you know, there's a definite pattern of uh, long term injuries. I mentioned it. Is it the training? Is it Lennox Town? You, you, you don't know what's going on, it, but it seems strange to get so many injuries to key players, doesn't it? You know, you, you look about the rest of the league and it's not happening elsewhere. I'm sure Celtic are looking at that. They'll have their sports science guys going, you know, what is it that's going on here? You know, is it similar injuries? Is it something we're doing in training? You know, are we doing too many, I don't know, impact exercises in the warm-up that we shouldn't be doing? What is it that's wrong here? Because you can't play you can't play like this. You can't put a winning team in the park. You can't put the same team in the park week in, week out. Which is, it? I think, the problem of get, trying to get some fluidity in the team. That and not, not putting your best players in the park. You know, mm. Selling half your best players and then uh, the ones you've kept, unfortunately, you're not able to put in the park. Is uh, that'd be a challenge for any manager, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. this team. You know, everybody goes on about oh, Angie's great. You know, it started kind of going downhill in the last six months of Angie's tenure, and there was a change to recruitment there. I mean, oh, I don't know what's happened to him. He seems right out of the picture now, but he wasn't the first choice uh, Korean striker. Even that we went for, never mind first choice striker. There was a lot of... I don't think Roger rates him. I don't think he likes him, Lawrence. But remember that the first few Angie's windows, the players were just in. There was no arguing. That last window, there was arguing over the other guy. And then even to get older, it was arguing over it to get him. You're thinking, right, but back to the, the old way of doing transfers. I don't know what changed behind the scenes or in the hierarchy, but we stopped just going out and getting players. It doesn't look... If Rogers does, does rate him, doesn't think he's good enough. Because I think it's similar in... And his attributes to either. You know, he, he's a big mobile forward, can put himself out, but Rogers is obviously thinking he doesn't have the quality. I know he was yeah. away at the Asian Cup and made, perhaps part of that's played into it recently because, you know, we, we couldn't get through a season with two strikers. Uh, I, I certainly, you know, he's grab, grabbed his opportunity and I can't see, you know, I would start him tomorrow night at number nine. He scored two cracking goals. <laughs> You know, I, I agree. I would as well. You know, two goals like that of, of true quality. You know, a Piogo S finish and a Sutton S finish. Why would why would you drop him? Careful, Lawrence. Uh, Kevin McCluskey used the word Berbatov when talking about Haksabanovic earlier this season, and we know how that worked out. Jesus, uh, still getting <laughs> I Forgot about him. How's he uh, getting on it? Fuck. He's not getting again. Paul Montgomery, hail hail from Luxembourg. 
There you go. You'll get us top of the charts in Luxembourg, Paul. Thank you very much for letting us know. Celtic follower CCV Yang and Ida surely have cemented their place. You agree with Lawrence on the Ida front in the starting lineup? I'd put Kyogo left wing for starters. Liam and I were talking about this last week. I think we decided we'd be playing Kyogo on the right. Liam, do you mm-hmm. start Ida tomorrow night? Yes. Yeah, you do. Um, and as much as I hate to say this, if that means Kyogo's on the bench, so be it. Um, I would rather we find a way to fit Kyogo into the team, but if it means starting him on the bench, then that's probably what his current run of form would necessitate. And it's not his fault because the team are not playing to his strengths, but he looks, he looks on, he looks, how could I say, uneasy at the moment and not particularly happy with his football. So maybe just let him have a wee rest and, uh, start with Ida tomorrow but also going by the fact that Maeda did not have a, a good game at all in the second half at the weekend I thought he was pretty good in the first half but second half he had a, he had a nightmare you know maybe you bench him and put Kyogo out on the left maybe that's an idea because um, Kyogo can play on the left I'd like um, to see it yeah I mean Yang and Kyogo on the wings and then Ida through the middle that would be that would be an interesting front line uh, it definitely would and and hopefully it's something that's being considered. I think everything has to be considered. Um, we've got uh, Me one Kenobi. Uh, <laughs> I got I got there. Avada will be wasted in the MLS. I'm also sure now, Lawrence, I don't think the MLS is what it used to be. I think it's, uh, you know, it's one of these leagues that, you know, back in the early days, they've had a few shots at it to, to make soccer work over in America. Um, a couple of false dawns, but I think I think they've got it now because they now have youth academies. They've now they're now producing players, whereas in the past it was all about just buying players in constantly. I don't think you'd be wasted in the MLS. Nah, you're going to do a, a Lewis Morgan or a Patrick Clamalla over there. We we turned the profit in Clamalla, didn't we? Jeez, oh. yeah. Listen, no, I, I think they've definitely got it right. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Ninety four World Cup out there. And, doesn't seem to have looked back since then. Even with Diana Ross missing a penalty, you know. Lalas. <laughs> it was La- Alexi Lalas. He was the guy, wasn't he? He used to play the guitar. Ginger haired boy. Looked like yes. an American Billy Conley, almost. That's Billy Conley, ginger hair. If he did, aye. 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 aye no, t- yeah, uh, who else was in that? John Harks? Was, was he still on the team then? Um, I yeah, think was- the player being knocked back. Brad Friedel. Uh, Brad Fido. I'm not sure it was back. too early for Claudio Reyna. Who was Kobe Jones? Kobe Jones, he signed for Coventry. Yeah. He was part of that team, the guy with the dreads. But no, I think it's come on leaps and bounds. I, I don't think it's one of these places you go to now just for a final payday. Um, it's a legitimate option for a player like Abada. It's, it's huge out there, but my cousin's a director of football at uh, one of the unis out there. And the amount of money that goes into it is it's unreal. And obviously, I've, I've lost Fran to the States as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think we missed. Uh, oh, I was going to say the new girl. Can I say the new girl? Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> Careful. <doing> well, <laughs> she seems this to be that, doing that's well. currently I'm being clipped. You know? Being clipped. Oh, well, she, she's a hard act to follow, but she seems to be doing well. You know. Uh, so, obviously, good news about Barrafield for for the ladies' teams. That you know, if it gives them a base, I think it'll, it'll get they'll get more fans along. What I don't know is, you know, when Rogers' first time here, we put down that pitch that was meant to be oh, the hybrid games, and it, it'll be great. It just doesn't. It doesn't look to have done anything that was promised. 
no. uh, for the amount of money we played. Because you'd like to get, to, to get the girls playing their big games there. It was great, you know, when they're going. I know they, they lost the league in the last couple of minutes. But what a day that was for the girls and you know what an atmosphere in the stadium. Yeah, the two the two games that were played there, massive turnout. And that's the way you start to build the interest. I think there needs to be something done in terms of season ticket uh, holders um, and trying to bring them to the games if they haven't done so already. That should all be logged. We should know who is or has shown an interest previously and get the, the season ticket holders along. A season book, you know, you get free yeah. travel and you get free entry into the reserve games. You know, it, it shouldn't, you know, it's not something that, that didn't work before for us. It, why they'd be unwell, unwilling to do that? I put on, you know, negative option on the season books. You know, it's another 1967. This funding will go to the ladies' team and it'll get you in every match. I, 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 I honestly don't know why they're not investing in it. But, you know, especially, you know, not investing in a team but building this, the stadium, but the infrastructure, strange. I know. It, it very much is. Um, come on. What is the story with Seagrest? I don't actually know. I, I just don't think um, it's worked out. It happens. I think Joe Hart's form um, got to the point where Ange seemed to want to play Seagrest in the League Cup in his second season, and he played the first two games. There was an injury. There was some personal issues, but it's unlikely that we'll ever find out what they were. Um, and it's not worked out, and it's time for him to go get him off the wage bill. Smell the glove. Got to keep Carter Vickers fit 100%. And uh, Pete McGee talks about Quan who is fast becoming a fan's favourite. He definitely is. And uh, I think that's what we should be doing with players. But we should also be looking closer to home. Um, not just on that one performance, but I think, you know, when you play Motherwell and 17-year-old Lennon Miller plays the way that he did, and it's no surprise to any Motherwell fans because they've been watching him uh, developing such a young talent. He's the type of player I would love to see Celtic buy in, loan back to Motherwell, loan somewhere else, keep that development uh, running, and maybe in a couple of years we would have uh, a player on our hands. That's the type of player I want to see given a five-and-a-half-year deal, you know, but we've just handed one out to a rapid Vienna winger who is yet to show us what he can do. Right, you guys won't be back on um, before tomorrow's game, so I'm going to ask for some predictions. Liam Carrigan, Celtic versus Dundee. How do you reckon it'll go? Uh, right, I think we'll win 4-1, but Dundee might score first. Just to just to keep it interesting. Yeah, yeah, I can see that happening. Lawrence. Yeah, I think it's going to be a five 0 and I doubt he gets his first professional hat trick. Oh well, he's already scored his first professional header. So yeah, I'm gonna to go to uh, I'm gonna have a mixture of that, a hybrid of your predictions. I'm gonna say four one either hat trick. There we go. Nice and bold, nice and positive. Thank you, every single one of you, for getting involved on this Tuesday afternoon. Give us the thumbs up. I don't know if you struggled to find the video today, but I did. I actually struggled to find the, the Axon video on YouTube. don't know if there's a glitch in the Matrix today, uh, but if you're watching it on the catch-up, give us a thumbs up. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the channel. We're something like 20,000 views away from hitting 15 million, which is an accolade because no other Celtic channel has ever had 15 million views on YouTube. Thank you all for your support. We really do appreciate it. We're bringing Martin O'Neill back to Glasgow in April and the tickets are flying, but there are some still available. So if you want to come along and see us and more importantly, see Martin O'Neill, then the link is underneath this video. Thank you all for getting involved and thank you to Lawrence and Liam for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind.
Podcast Network.